Hello, everybody. This is Father Michael. Praise be Jesus Christ. We're listening to uh, the Gospel of Mark now. In Mark, in the Gospel of Mark, if you look at Mark chapter 6, verse 7 to 13, it's a powerful scripture for us today. It says, Jesus summoned the twelve, began to send them out two by two, and gave them authority over unclean spirits. So right there we see one that Jesus summons you. He summons me. He summons us through baptism. So God has called you um, to be in this world, but not of this world. And this is, this is right there is the tension, you know, where we are creatures, um, obviously, that have to participate in the material world because we have a body, but we also have a soul. So we're also invited to participate um, hierarchically, more importantly, in the spiritual world. So we are a body-soul unity. We're a cross between angels and animals. We are angels. We're human beings. So as human beings, it says Jesus summons the twelve. Jesus called the twelve. He's calling you. He's calling me. He's calling us all to be disciples. And so he called them. He summoned them. As I said, through baptism, you've been called and summoned. And it says he began to send them out. If you think of the, of the Eucharist, at the end of every Mass, we are sent out. We are sent out into the world to announce the gospel, to announce the good news, to bring people into the fullness of reality, which is the material and the spiritual world. We're called as Christians to go out and to heighten people's awareness of eternity, you know, we often don't think a lot of eternity because we're worried about or thinking about our life on earth. We're thinking about our um, our IRAs. We're thinking about our mutual funds. We're thinking about our uh, investments. We're thinking about our jobs and everyday life activity and our schedules. And we're thinking about um, the things of the world, which isn't in itself evil, obviously. But God doesn't want us to miss how all of that is meant to be at the service of his kingdom. And so God's summoning you. He's calling you to be in this world, but not of this world. And he's sending you out. And it says he sent them out two by two. Do you ever think about that? Why did Jesus send them out two by two? He sent them out two by two because he knew that we need to be there to remind each other um, as believers, as a community, that's why when people say, well, I can pray at home, I don't need to go to church. Well, that's like the the gazelle, the little deer saying, I can play out in the field without the other gazelles. And guess what happens? The lion sneaks up, separates that gazelle from the rest of the herd of deer. And goodbye, good riddance to that deer because it's going to be devoured and eaten. The Bible says the devil prowls about like a roaring lion seeking souls to devour resist him solid in your faith so again we need community to foster to build up to strengthen to empower faith you know think of any group whether it be a football team a basketball team um, a firm um, a corporation they're always working on unifying you know helping everybody to know the vision and the mission and the core values of that company or that corporation or that church or that team because when we lose sight of that we really lose sight of um what we're about and who we are
So again, Jesus summons you. He sends you out two by two. So who in your life do you have to hold you accountable to the gospel, to challenge you, to encourage you, to build you up? We need to do that for each other, right? Okay, so it says here, He gave them authority over unclean spirits. Did you know that you have authority over the unclean spirits that afflict or attack you in this life? For example, let's say you struggle with a spirit of fear or anxiety. You have authority over that spirit. Don't let it rule you. You rule over it. And how do we do that? Not on our own efforts, not on our own power. You know, anxiety, for example. You know, at my life at times, you know, when I was in college and stuff or even seminary, I struggled a lot with anxiety, and God's healed me a lot with of that. And a lot of it was because I was trying to overcome something, um, or I was trying to be too self sufficient or self reliant. I was too independent, um, meaning I wasn't being little, like Jesus says, "Be little like children, so you can enter the kingdom of God." If if we're not childlike, we're gonna be. I'm not able to enter the kingdom. And when he says enter the kingdom, he's not talking about dying and going to heaven. Okay. He's talking, excuse me. He's talking about, um, he's talking about right now, like you and I on earth can live in the kingdom. We can be in the world and in the kingdom. We don't want to be in the world and of the world. We want to be in the world and of the kingdom of God. Okay, so you can live in the Holy Spirit. That's what some will say, like staying in the anointing. We can stay in the realm of the kingdom of God. It's like we we walk through this life knowing we aren't home yet. We walk through this life knowing that all of our time, our talents, our treasures are ordered toward the building up, the strengthening and the empowerment of others in the kingdom of God. So he says here, he instructed them. So he gave them authority, sent them out in twos, and he says they have authority over unclean spirits. So like you might say, in the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of fear that's um, trying to take hold of my life. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of lies or deceit. In the name of Jesus, I renounce the spirit of confusion. Okay? Whatever it is, you you, you gotta, in the name of Jesus, I renounce the, the fear of 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 being still, of being quiet. Um, I renounce the fear of speaking up in Jesus' name. So you have that authority. Try this sometimes. Say, if your mind's really distracted, say, in the name of Jesus, mind, I command you to be silent. In the name of Jesus, mind, I command you now to be silent. And you'll find it's powerful you find that in the name of Jesus, your body actually will start to obey um, the authority of God that you've been given in Christ in your soul. So you have that power, okay? Then he says here, he said to them, he instructed them, it says, to take nothing with them on the journey, no walking stick, food, sack, money bag, or on their belts. It says they were, however, to wear sandals and not a second tunic. So Jesus basically saying, I want you as disciples to experience how I'm going to care for you when you're in the mission field. And you might say, well, I'm not on mission. You know, I'm at work. Yeah, you're on mission. Wherever you're at, you are on mission because you are a baptized believer in Jesus Christ. You are sent into the world not to just 
you know, you're not just leaving church, but you're sent on mission to, again, heighten people's awareness of eternity, to live for the kingdom. And remember, living for the kingdom of God is not the always the most convenient or seemingly compatible with our life in this 2018 day and age that we live or 2019, 2020, whatever year we're in, right? Like whatever year we live in, it's like the kingdom of God is not about, if you will, trending, what's trending. You know, the kingdom of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's forever ancient and forever new. So God's kingdom's always new. He wants to baptize the, the trending culture, what's going on in the culture, what's trending in society. God wants to baptize it, to basically use it for the betterment of humanity, to bring humanity to its f fullest potential, right? So like, you know, in our culture, say with abortion or euthanasia or things of, uh, you know, celebrating, you know, uh, the marriage between two men or two women, so-called same-sex marriage, right? These are trending moral things in culture. Like, yeah, you love everyone. Love equals love. But the kingdom of God is clear that those are things that aren't going to bring the human person to his or her full potential. You know, love is not equal love. There's different types of love. There's love that's friendship. There's love that's spousal. There's love for pizza. There's love for football. Those aren't the same. They're all different. They're unique. But as humans, we're called to love as God loves. And that means we have to say no to certain behaviors that do not line up with um, the order of how God created us as in our natural state as male and female. Even though we might, our minds may be attracted to say someone of the same sex, that doesn't mean we should act that out through our bodies because our bodies are in disagreement with our minds. So there's disorder in us. If my mind is in one way and my body is saying another thing, do I listen to my body or do I listen to my mind? You know, we got to be in harmony, order, peace. You can't have peace if your mind and your body aren't in agreement, okay? That's just one example of many. But in our culture, there's not a real sense of understanding that the cohesive um, um, synergy, if you will, between the body and the soul, the unity and the need for that to be in order for man and woman to reach their full potential. So God sent them out, no food, no sack, no money bag. What does that mean? It means that God doesn't want us depending on being self-sufficient. Um, he wants us to learn how he'll be our sufficiency. Let God provide for you. That doesn't mean you just, you know, everyone goes you know, on unemployment and we just sit back and do welfare state, you know, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you know, just everyday life. We create most of the stresses in our lives because we're too independent, self-sufficient, we're too self-reliant and God wants to deliver you and I from any um, of these worldly mindsets that really rob us of peace and keep us from living in the present moment then we become absorbed with the future or absorbed with the past. And then we wonder why we're absent-minded and we have a hard time focusing. Um, so we're at war. I mean, I would think you'd all agree. We are. This is a spiritual battle that we're in right now, right? Okay, so then we look at this. It says, when you enter a house, stay there until you leave. 
whatever place does not welcome you or listen to you, leave there, shake the dust from your feet in testimony against them. Okay? And it says, The twelve drove out many demons, anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. So two things. It's not your responsibility or mine to convince people. Only God will convince people. Our job is to announce or throw the seed. You throw the seed and let God worry about causing the growth. You and I don't cause growth. We throw the seed. We are announcers of the gospel. Where it lands in people's lives and hearts, that's not up to me or you. That's between them and God. And boy, does that take off the, the edge or the stress, right? Like a lot of people don't announce the gospel because they think, well, they don't trust God's going to meet that person where they are when that word hits their heart. You know, so you need to, we need to trust the Lord and His power. Like I think of my own life. I mean, God changed my life. Others were used as conduit to announce to me or invite me into the Lord with the relationship. But it was God who changed my life. And so we are called again to go out to preach repentance. That means, what's that mean? It means if I'm giving you something a greater good than you already are holding on to, you're going to want to let go of the lesser good and choose the greater good, namely God. But we have to give people the greater good so they can put down their lesser good. And this is what we all need to do out in the world right now is announce to people that we have something amazing. What is it like to be in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, right? And then to pray over people. How many of you have said, you know, someone's sick and you said, I'll pray for you, but you never do it. You need to stop right there and you say, hey, do you mind if I say a prayer with you right now? It's not an equation that heals people. There's no equation here. It's simply trusting God's power and promise through baptism. Jesus said to you and me and all of us that we would do greater things than he. So if he said that, that's his promise. So stand on his promise and start praying with people. And you'll start to see miracles. Just like don't run to the refrigerator or to Amazon or to the shopping mall um, when you're stressed out. Turn to God. Turn to prayer. Like it says, don't take food or sack or money. Meaning, don't run first to what the world offers. Run first to your knees. Turn to prayer. So I hope these are some things that help you to live as a disciple. Again, read Matthew, or sorry, Read Mark chapter 6, verse 7 to 13. And when you read scripture, try not to read too much. But like, let's say you take that scripture and you read it every day for the next week. And you start mining the graces from that scripture rather than going shallow all the time. You, you sit with that scripture. You let it affect you. You let it move. You let it challenge you. Okay? God bless you and have a wonderful day. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.